jasmine, oolong, green, and white. Long ago, these four teas were skillfully brewed at the Blissful Brew. Then, everything changed when the shop's popularity threatened its existence. All Mr. Okoron, the shop's owner and tea master, could do was to recruit four teenage orphans to learn his trade and staff his shop. A year has passed since the orphans were hired, and although their skills have progressed, they still have a lot to learn before they can brew anything. But I believe that they have the potential to make the Blissful Brew the greatest tea shop in the world. Last time on Benders and Brews, an Avatar Legends podcast. Um, you guys quickly found yourselves in Chin Village, and in Chin Village, you couldn't find anybody until eventually you followed some some music and came across everybody all in one place in the town center, and it seemed like there was a big festival going on of some kind, and when they went to reveal said scale, uh, they pulled back the covering and there was nothing there. Bring them to me, I want to have a word with them about this dastardly crime. You know as well as I do that the Red Scale was given to Quin Chow Village. You, as usual, are truly and completely mistaken, dear May. The important matter right now is to find the scale that has been stolen so the festival may go on. I feel as though I can trust you to help us find it, if you would be so willing to help us. You know, I heard some weird jingling sound of some kind. Somebody wearing black, it looked like, or maybe as an animal or something that just shot past. As you are checking the sort of bottom of the pedestal where it touches the ground, you do know, notice a couple of footprints, or rather boot prints. There is a cloth that seems to be smudged with some sort of black substance. Whoever stole the skin has black residue on their hands. I feel we need to see your office, Mr. We'll meet the suspects. I swear, if the red scale is missing, when I come back, I will bring the full wrath of Quinchow Village down upon all of you. And welcome back to another episode of Benders and Brews. We're back again to follow up things, and we do have Michaela back. Michaela, you're back. Thank goodness. You need to, to whip these guys. I don't know. Just whip them. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, one of them. Uh, one of them. Water whip them. Ah, see, I made it Avatar. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to episode, let's see, this will be episode four of Benders and Brews. Uh, season two. Mm-mm. Not season one Mm-mm. anymore. We're not Mm-mm. in that. Uh, we're all here together, uh, minus our, our ghost writer. Nick Colas Vaughn Porsum. Possum. Porsum. 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 We are unsure. Yeah, it's one of those. Possum. I'm sure. Possum, yes. That's Nick Van Possum. First. Look him up on Facebook. Yes, I did. There's evidence. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick things off once again with our interesting character facts. Does anybody want to volunteer to start with their character? Karen, nose goes. Yeah, nose goes. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Oh, I definitely didn't want to go first. That's for sure. Uh, Something on the go. Uh, Bill Dore likes to surf. Boom, done. He likes to surf. Well, growing up on, you know, kind of (laughs) 
where he grew up. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, he's I by the ocean. So, all right. Bill Dorn likes to serve. Who's next? Who rose their, who actually rose their hand? I touched my nose second. Okay, that works. Go for it. I thought that, I'm it's pretty the, sure it, nose it is, goes. It's the opposite. That's, yeah. It is the opposite. The last person <laughs> right. to touch their nose is usually the one to go. Well, I feel like April Fool's is like a secondary to the concept of opposite <laughs> it's day. It's not and April, April Fool's. Fool's was like two it's days not, ago. I'm going to say this right now. It, we're recording not on April Fool's. Like two days after. That... But that, it is that doesn't so. come for well, it, it must because at this very moment when I'm on Facebook, I'm still seeing those stupid like announcements from every studio about something that they're making that's <laughs> well, not actually real. Delayed Facebook notification. I guess they're all like, "Oh, we're yes, we are coming out with a serious movie starring Nicolas Cage." Well, that is Skyler's <laughs> fun fact about his delayed Facebook. Oh, oh that's not my actual <laughs> Nobody, fact. No, you lost one. it. Oh man, nobody falls for that. All right. <laughs> Announce it on April 2nd, or I don't believe you. Um, sorry, what? Oh, I, do oh. you want to give Brock's interesting oh, yeah. fact? So, Brock's interesting fact, you may not have picked this up because it's very subtle. Uh, throughout the entire first and second season, he has a bit of an issue controlling his impulses. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, he, he thinks... He does before he thinks, right. you know, in, in case you haven't picked up on that. It's very, very subtle, as you can tell, sure, throughout sure. the season. That is fun. Right? <laughs> It's always nice to have that wild card in the group. Literally yeah. just charged in against a rock monster mm-hmm. by himself. Yep. Uh, he survived. He did. Sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Survived right there. there. Yep. Guo was, was right behind him. Yeah. He's just about to do that backflip. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the fact. <laughs> that was last. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Speaking of which, Dave, what's Guo's fact for this week? <laughs> Don't say that he does front flips, too. He definitely can do a front flip. <laughs> so wait till you see my gainer. Your what? His gainer. Okay. Uh, but no flips. Going back to uh, those peaceful times back at the tea shop when Mr. Okron was alive. Oof. Um, you know, the good old days. Guo had a favorite uh, food spot that was only a couple blocks away on the corner. It was one of those, uh, I don't know exactly what to call what they served, but it was kind of like a bread cone, like a flatbread oh, cone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a mix between a gyro and shawarma, kind of. Oh, okay. Uh, but, so this bread cone also had like french fries in it. No. With, and, and did they keep it cone-shaped when they served it, too? Was it, like, yeah. actually cone-shaped? Okay. Yeah, they, like, served nice. in a cone with, like, a piece of paper to hold it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Guo had the the menu from that place, like, posted on the in the rafters above his hammock Aww. back at the tea shop. So he would go to bed dreaming about it, usually. Okay, okay. I like to think that uh, in the Avatarverse... During this hundred year war, like point, there was definitely some sort of like ancient uh, Uber Eats or some kind of form of that. <laughs> we'll figure it out, or somebody will start it if it doesn't exist already. So it'd be like the that cart system. Yes. Like oh stone, the yeah. The stone carts, but on a miniature scale. Yes. It's going through the alleys, shooting down, delivering your food. I wonder how you pay though, because you don't have an app. So like just put your card info and you'd have to you like put the money in the thing and send it lemurs. back flying, ah, flying lemurs that makes sense they ride the cart down 
get your money and then fly back. Yeah, because you can't you can't trust them to go with just the food. Right. You have to like lock it in the car, otherwise they'll be. Also, whose job is it to just bring all of those? Because it's like a one way shot. Like, I mean, they, they have to go downhill for the whole system to work. So, like, whose job is it to bring them all back up to the top or middle sections of the city for distributing more mail? That's my question. What if it's just, like, a dude with a rickshaw? Just, a, just one dude with a rickshaw. That's what he does all day. He's like the guy that goes out and gets the carts at, like, Walmart yeah. <laughs> and brings them back in. Uh, anyways, all right. Michaela, what's Mika's interesting fact? Uh, Mika's interesting fact is... One option she's for, your, <laughs> for your interesting Not fact about Mika, where was she last? What yeah. was she doing last episode? Yeah, what was was Mika doing? Where was her mind? Because she was there. She was I just assume. an NPC. <laughs> it wasn't there. I mean, or, or you know, drank people, some cactus juice. People which... process things in different ways. Something you know, quite sad happened recently. So, well, what? that's that's where my was. Where, what happened? Mr. Ogeron? Oh. Oh. <laughs> so she was just like dealing with some like depression. Good, she's stuff. past the yeah. denial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, hi, everybody. Fine. I'm Skylar. Uh, hi, Skylar. I thought you already did that. Oh, okay. No, I'm doing an actual one. <laughs> My interesting fact for the day is that uh, 99% of the time, my entire meal planning uh, for a week is based entirely on whatever foods I find in uh, on clearance or in some sort of markdown state. And that's how I cook food. All right, and into the show we go. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are all inside of Chin Village as this massive festival is kicking off. Uh, because uh, Michaela wasn't here last week, kind of try to re-explain things, and I think that'll actually be really helpful to the listeners as well. Um, it, it's been like two weeks, obviously, since the last episode came out, so it's easy to forget some of the characters that you guys have come across so far. Um, there's the recap at the beginning of the episode, but sometimes that doesn't, you know, have enough time to cover everything. So I'll go over thing every. I'll go over everything for uh, real quickly. Uh, you guys came to Chin Village. Uh, there was a massive festival going on that had something to do with a strange uh, serpent scale. It kind of seemed like they, to some extent, worshipped some sort of spirit uh, that seemed to be a some sort of sea serpent spirit, is what they kind of suggested. And they alleged that the scale that they had in their possession was, in fact, belonged at one point to this great sea serpent spirit, which they referred to as Shui Shui. Uh, the key characters that you've met so far, you've met Mayor, the mayor of this city. His name is Mayor Wu. Uh, he was in charge of revealing the scale, which is kind of like a big ceremonial thing that they do during each one of these festivals. Um, alongside his counterpart, Mayor Yu, who is from Quin Chow Village. Um, mayor Yu is... Uh, uh, Woman dressed all in black, uh, which is kind of the primary color of all the individuals who traveled here from Quinchow Village. She leads this procession whenever it is Chin Village's turn to host this festival. So all the people from Quinchow come to this festival from there. 
Um, and then each year they alternate. So this year, Quinchao came to Chin Village. Next year, Chin Village will go to Quinchao Village. But alas, that is in question because as you arrived, they revealed the scale only to find that it had been stolen. The mayor picked you gr your group out, searched you, found you didn't have the scale, and felt that you were probably the most trustworthy people to handle finding out who did steal the scale because of the fact that you are unbiased, you don't know any of the people here, and therefore you wouldn't uh, you know, lead the investigation in any kind of false direction. Uh, other people that you met along the way, uh, there was uh, <laughs> Cato. Uh, Cato was the patrolling officer that was guarding the facility where the scale had been stored prior to bringing it out to be revealed. Um, so there's some question about the safety that that scale had allegedly experienced because it obviously got stolen. Uh, he had mentioned that he had one moment where he heard some strange jingling sounds. He came around the, cause he does like, he circles the perimeter. He came back only to find that there was nobody there. And he did see somebody maybe running off into the bushes that was dressed all in black or at least wearing some amount of black and they were jingling making some sort of jingling noise as they left. Um, you guys, let's see. Uh, Bill managed to find some footprints that led away from it into the bushes. Um, but unfortunately, he accidentally stepped on them in the process. So it was kind of hard to identify exactly who those footprints might have belonged to, but they did seem like deep footprints, so heavier person uh, to some extent, as well as larger footprints, so somebody with large feet size. Um, obviously you met Mayor Yu, who was also equally concerned because their scale was also being stored there. And they, as part of the kind of tradition was they would bring theirs along as well, store it alongside, because they believe that theirs is the real scale and the one that Chin Village has is a phony scale. So, and then of course, Chin Village believes the, the reverse of that. Uh, Mayor Yu, again, all dressed in black, which is a little bit questionable, obviously, given the clues that you've received from Kato, assuming you can trust him, of course. Um, she also wears a number of pieces of jewelry, which also is a little bit questionable as well, because they jingle as she walks. Um, other than that, you haven't met a huge amount of the people, but at this very moment, you are being led back by Mayor Wu to his office, and he has sent Councilwoman Lin to go out, his kind of assistant slash uh, second-in-command, to go find the key suspects that he believes could be involved in this case and bring them to his office. So, all of you shortly uh, are led to a fairly ornate kind of town center-style building um, that's a little bit taller than all the rest, a little bit more decorative than all the rest of the buildings around it. Um, but also a little bit less thematic. You know, this one doesn't have the like popping advertisements or fancy flags and whatnot that might stick out at a retailer or a restaurant. This one's a fairly straightforward stone slab building. Um, at most, it has some maybe statues around it of past leaders from Chin Village. You're led inside and shortly after taking a couple of hallways, find yourselves in a open uh, room with a number of seats sort of uh, set up in sort of a half circle um, seating pattern. And um, so the room is kind of like half circle and then 
at the halfway point, it's more of like a rectangular shape. So uh, there's a number of pieces of seating, kind of looks like some sort of a courtroom. And he says, Well, this is my office, or rather the council room which my office is connected to. Feel free to have a seat, I'm sure. Kato will be here shortly with all the suspects I had listed. Bill, can you just at least promise us not to just blindly point at people and tell the guards to arrest them? <clears throat> I... <clears throat> no promises. <sighs> That's fair. So, recounting what we know from last time, didn't Mayor Wu also have the suspicious black ink on his hands? Correct. You did find a kind of sheet of, of cloth that was covering... The glass uh, casing or what have you. Or it was around, I believe. It was around the, like the blanket nearby or something. Um, the glass, where the glass casing was being stored that held the scale inside of it. And it had some black kind of inky substance on it. And when you reached out to shake hands with the mayor, Mayor Wu, uh, he had some black su- su- substance on his hands as well. Correct, yes. And he, from what I remember, he claimed that it was from just ink spilled in his office. Right, correct. And we are in his office. Correct. Can I look around and see if there is, in fact, an ink spill? Yes. Uh, you. So you mentioned this to him. You mentioned that you know, you'd like to see like his explicit. So there are a couple little offices that kind of break off in the back of the room uh, behind this sort of semicircle where the council people would sit. Um, so basically each of their offices is directly behind the sitting. It's open door kind of a concept. And he shows you which one is his and you go in there and sure enough, there is a mess of ink uh, gooped all over his desk or at least one side of his desk. Um, you see a couple of papers uh, that are kind of just completely soaked at this point. They've been dyed fully black at this point from the ink that has sopped onto them. Some of it looks like it's been kind of like pushed a little bit, like he was attempting to clean it up in the moment, or maybe there was a paper sitting there that soaked up some, he pulled it off. And so there's sort of like a, a shape of like the corner of a paper. Uh, but otherwise, yes, there's some, some ink still sitting there. And he immediately goes, oh. How embarrassing. I completely forgot I needed to get this cleaned up. My sincerest apologies about the mess. He's looking around for some sort of a rag or something. Well, I suppose you weren't lying about the ink. Dilbert, what have you done here? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we have squid, sir. You have a what? He gets a little excited at times. A turtle squid, to be exact. A squid? Yes. Well, I can assure you that this little instant here was entirely my own fault. Okay. Oh, he, yep, he's still sleeping in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, as you guys uh, finish looking around his office and start to step outside, uh, the door flies open of the, the main door to this area. And in walks Councilwoman Lynn. Um, she's a tall woman. She's very um, upright. She keeps her shoulders back. She's kind of very square. Um, her hairstyle is also very square. And uh, she has a very square chin. She's very um, square. square. <laughs> um, she comes stepping in very like officially, her hands behind her back. She stops and she turns almost military style and then holds out her arm to, as the people kind of walk by and you see a number of characters step inside. Um, and then she, she sort of just stands at attention facing uh, Mayor Wu. And she says, Kito and I have brought you everyone you requested, sir. 
before you stands a number of people. Um, Mayor Yu also kind of rushes in as well. Uh, she had left the scale back at the uh, the facility where the other one was being stored under the assurance that it was going to be locked. Um, but she was also very hesitant at the idea of leaving it at this point because she was worried that their scale would also be stolen. Um, but whatever the case, a number of characters stand before you. And I can definitely go through them. Could you please? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, of course, you have Councilwoman Lynn herself, uh, as previously described. Um, she stands at attention, waiting and kind of eyeing the various other people in the room. Um, she kind of, uh, on the mayor's request, she goes down the line and introduces each of these people to you. So she says, This right here is Lay. And you see before you a man, he's wearing very drab, kind of semi-ruined clothing. He, if you were to approach him, he smells very much like seawater. Um, he holds in his hand, in one hand, he holds a uh, fishing rod. And in his other hand, he has a small pouch that has like, every time he moves it, there's like a black cloud that kind of off the bottom of the the bag which makes sense because the man himself seems to be completely covered in some sort of black powder all over his entire self with like little patches of his actual skin showing um from below it he falls to his knees and he says please i beg of you please return the great shuei shuei scale to us the horrors that might befall us if the great serpent scale is not returned to the village she calls home waves will crash from the shores over us all causing destruction in its wake our end and destruction will certainly fall upon us if it is not returned at the utmost haste and then he opens up his little sack and he starts dumping more of what you realize are some kind of ashes and he just starts rubbing it all over himself we all must grovel before the great sea serpent spirit, humble ourselves before her great scaly self in order to appease her anger so her righteous judgment can be appeased. Okay, bro. Let's, let's dial it back a bit. <laughs> Standing next to him, uh, trying to like almost back away at this point, is another very well-dressed man. Um, he, he also stands fairly upright, not quite as, you know, square-shouldered and... Uh, official as councilwoman lynn but uh he definitely stands you know fairly officially at attention and whatnot um he is you know like i said avoiding the ash that is coming off of the person standing next to him and he says um excuse me but could you keep your ashes to yourself sir yes apologies my name is councilman young i'm a bit unsure as to why i've been brought here before you as a councilman, the act of theft is quite beneath me, so I can't imagine any reason for me to be here at this moment. And the mayor uh, leans over to you and he says, To clarify a bit, I brought him here because it is well known that Councilman Young is vying for Councilwoman Lin's position as director of the festival. It seemed to me he might have been... It seemed to me he might have the motive to steal the scale in some sort of attempt to possibly get Lynn in trouble and then steal her position after she is removed or something to that effect. He doesn't seem to hear any of this, although he does kind of like lean in when he sees that uh, the mayor is whispering, to which the mayor kind of turns a little bit away and whispers even quieter. Um, 
he stands at attention, just, just kind of waiting. He has ink-looking substance on his hands and on his mouth. And Dilbert! He... <laughs> <laughs> you slimy guy. Nope, nope, still sleeping. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kato stands there in front of you. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's me, uh, Kato. Uh, they had some guards from Quinchow Village, and they said they were going to handle my shift, and the mayor said I had to be here, so here I am. You guys know me pretty well. I don't even know if I really got introduced myself. Standing next to him is a very stocky man. He wears a sort of a long cloak and skirt. And he has kind of a, uh, a leather apron over top, and he wears large leather gloves. He has some black substance kind of on his face. Looks like some kind of ash as well. Um, he's holding a uh, large hammer, but something that would be used more as a tool as opposed to a weapon. And uh, he has kind of a <laughs> angry look on his face. And he says, Yup, my name's Way." Not really sure why I've been called here to this lineup. I don't even like this whole festival. This whole thing is a bunch of baloney, if you ask me. Nothing but a pile of hogwash. And to that, uh, the the lay, the man with the ash all over his face, starts to like freak out. He goes, "No, please, sir, you cannot mean that. You must not desecrate and disrespect the name of Shuei Shuei in such a way." She is only to be honored and praised. <laughs> I don't give a dang about this here Shuei Shuei. If she were real, she wouldn't have even let one of us scales fall off her body and we wouldn't be in any of this mess. And as he as he speaks, he kind of motions with his hands and you can kind of hear a number of, of things jingle on his body. As you see, he's got a number of pieces of like, you know, metal or keys or etc. kind of just strapped to him in different places. Um, also, you guys can feel free to ask these people any questions along the way, but I can just go through I them. I think and... we were waiting. So... Oh, to like get an idea of everybody. Okay, to get a, yeah, the whole lineup here. All right, perfect. So you see a very noticeable like kind of split between the people that were just introduced and the people about to be in- introduced. And you kind of wonder, based on their attire and the fact that they're, you know, this group over here is kind of wearing sort of similar clothing, and this group over here is wearing similar clothing, that, oh, these are the people, the ones that were just introduced are the people from Chin Village. The ones on the other side that I'm about to introduce are all people from Quinchow Village. So, obviously you have Mayor Yu. Um, she actually stands next to Mayor Wu, so she's not, you know, within this lineup, but she's there. Um, not too far away from her, you see a very another very stiff-looking man uh, standing very forthright. He has bright red hair, and it's all very combed back. He has some slight freckling. But he also kind of has a very, uh, not angry, but just stern face about him. And he says, Yes, the name's Huan. Councilman Huan, that is. Needless to say, I'm absolutely furious about the proceedings and handlings of today. And I feel as though we need to all be more concerned about the red scale, as it is real. We're putting far too much stock in finding a false scale. And if I'm being completely honest... It all just feels some sort of way to sell the people of the Quinchow village as thieves. Uh, next to him, you see a small, old, crookedy man uh, who is shoving some pie into his face. 
very rigorously. And when he notices that you look at him, he quickly hides the pie into his uh, cloak and he pulls out a small bag of crackers and starts munching on those instead. And Goyle's got some questions for this guy. <laughs> and he says, what are you looking at? Where even am I? What am I doing here? I think this guy's clean. I don't know if we need to... <laughs> He doesn't seem suspicious at all. <laughs> and then finally to his left, the final the final character in this lineup. This is, I just realized this is like a, a police lineup where you've got all these people in a room in front of you and you're like, hey, you know, well, could I hear you all uh, cough once? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever they do. I don't know. The criminal coughed once. Make him sing a song. Yeah, they might make him sing a song. Um, you know, like 6,000 years from now, how the Backstreet Boys would make some... That's right, yeah. Sing that song. <laughs> Sing that song. Uh, finally, the last character in front of you. He is a very well-dressed, kind of plump man. Uh, he's starting to get some balding on the middle kind of of his head. Uh, he has kind of that haircut where it just kind of goes around the circumference of his head. It doesn't quite meet in the middle. And then the top entire like section is just bald. So he looks very like a monk, like a European monk. And... He, uh, his clothes are very ornate, very colorful, and he bows to you as you look at him. He says, Well, hello. My name is Nia. I am a traveling salesman from the village of Chin Shou. I would like to establish that I must be innocent, as the scales which are represented by both villages are my primary source of income. That is to say that I travel between the two villages during festival time and actually sell replica scales, both green and red. So to have the scale gone and the festival on hold is actually incredibly bad for my profit margins. And with that, you have every character in front of you. Snyder's Return is a tabletop roleplay interview and actual play podcast. We chat with content creators from both mainstream and indie publishers, and we release actual play episodes of systems like our City of Mist game, Meddlers, Monsters and Mabin, and more games coming in the future. We also have a TTRPG review show on YouTube, Fly Like a D6. Come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter, at Return Snyder, Instagram, Snyder's underscore return. You can find us on YouTube at Snyder's Return, Discord, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Are you, like me, a fan of piracy or privateering um, out in your D&D campaign? Well, check this out. We have been working on a brand new airship combat system that means you and your privateer crew can now take to the skies and pillage at new heights. Within this system, you will get three-dimensional dynamic movement and combat rules. You'll get a brand new updated aircrew system, as well as brand new spells, items, creatures, and example airships for you to use in your campaign, as well as crews to put on them. But I think the coolest part about all of this is we have a custom shipbuilder application that will allow you to customize and build your very own airship. It means you and your team can have exactly what you want as you take on the skies. 
If you're interested in any of that, check out our Sky Zephyrs Kickstarter here at Homie and the Dude. Hey everyone, Skylar here, your friendly neighborhood game master. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we at Benders and Brews have been working our creative juices extra hard and pushing our artistic skills to the max in order to bring you some sick Benders and Brews merch. That's right. You can head on over to the Tee Public shop we created where you can snag shirts, stickers, mugs, and so much more with your favorite B&B characters on them. Grab a Chibi Mika baseball t-shirt, or maybe you want a broccoli mug designed with the Employee Blissful Brew Tea Shop logo. There's all of those and more, and even more down the road when we come up with ideas. So head on over to Tee Public and search for Benders and Brews, or you can follow us on social media where we'll post the links that'll be easily available to all of you. And of course, if you get some of our merch, be sure to tag us in a photo of you with the respective B&B swag because all of us at the studio would love to see it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. You are free to ask any questions that you might uh, have or make any observations that I can maybe give some hints to. Don't worry, guys. I'll take the lead on this one. And Guo strolls up to the old man. Okay. What? What do you want? Hey, I'm asking the questions here, mm, mister. And he just, he just starts crunching on these... Hey, uh, stop eating those crisps. What's your name? Ooh, my name is Gunja. Gunja? All right, old man. I'm going to need you to empty out your pockets. No! These are my pockets. This is my stuff. And then two guards, like, kind of approach him and, like, put their heavy hand on his shoulder. No! My pockets! No! And uh, <laughs> they just pick him up, because he's a very small man, and they just tip him over and hold him by the legs and just start shaking stuff out of his pockets. Uh, the first thing to fall out is an entire pie, which splats onto the floor. <laughs> no! Oh, careful with that evidence! My pie! Um, a number of just many odds and metallic ends just start kind of falling out of his pockets, a lot of which are silverware. Uh, there's a lot of spoons, <laughs> knives, not like not like fighting knives, like butter knives. <laughs> um, and kind of what looks like forks that have just kind of had chunks of them, like bent to a point where it like snapped off or something. <laughs> Those are my forks. They're perfect for playing and eating. You play the spoons? Yeah, I play the spoons. And I play the forks and knives as well. You in a, you in a band? Nah, I went solo. <laughs> Interesting. I skipped over the band part and went straight to solo. So a solo cutlery act. Very sp- I'm going to need to smell your breath here. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's thoroughly foul. Oh. You, you can kind of see his teeth and you just see like half of them are just kind of blackened like with cavity and decay. <laughs> Yeah? You like that? Now give me my crackers back. These crackers? And he's still upside down, and he starts, like, trying to lunge towards you, and he's sort of, like, rocking back and forth to get a little bit closer every time. I sniff one of his crackers. No! Don't sniff my crackers. They've only got so many good sniffs in them. (laughs) Mm. I eat one. No! He 
he's he's just turning red, but at the same time he's upside down. So you wonder if maybe it's just the blood flowing to his head. You're not sure. I'll kill you. I'll kill you for my crackers. Yeah, I need to take some cl- a closer look at this evidence over here. Goes over to the pie. Okay. <laughs> okay. You start digging around. You also find a number of uh, various coins uh, of differing values. Some of them are, you know, all the way from copper to to gold pieces. He says, "Oh, uh, I don't even know where those came from. I swear, I don't even use money. I just steal it." What? <laughs> what was that last part? I said I just steal stuff. The pie? I stole that. The crackers? I stole those too. Now give me back my crackers. I stole them fair and square. Um, mm. may- All right, calm down. Old man. <laughs> I toss him a cracker. Nom nom nom. He's like a, he's like Cookie Monster to a cookie. Just like his crackers are flying everywhere. They're um, they they seem to be some kind of like a sesame seed cracker, and so there's also sesame seeds flying everywhere, which is totally normal. Anytime you eat anything with sesame seeds, is on it. There's sesame seeds everywhere. I digress. Um, Mayor Mayor Yu from Quinchow Village. She comes up behind you and she says, "Yes, old man Gunja is known as our village's um, crazy man." I suppose. Is that a thing? Does every town have a crazy man? Because he for sure is ours. Yeah, that checks out. I think uh, most towns have have the like. We even had one in our carnival. Well, then you understand. He's quite the troublemaker. You know, I think I have a suspicion about this pie. Could be hiding a scale. Only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah, and you just... <laughs> I start... I grab one of the forks oh, and, like, wipe it off yeah. my shirt. Give it a little... little breath. Good God. Clean it off. Smell it and make sure it doesn't smell like the guy's mouth. Um, maybe a little bit. I rethink the fork. <laughs> I toss it away and just go hands. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's probably a bit safer bet. You don't know what kind of stuff he has. Uh, yeah, you start eating away at the pie. Um, he glares at you angrily from a corner golem style. Like he's just like, he's like kind of crouched down on his hands and knees eating his crackers. But thankfully it seems that he's uh, satiated enough by the crackers that he's not going to come at you for the pie. That's the shirt. I'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Uh, as as Glo is chomping away at one of or at this pie, uh, would anybody else like to uh, do any kind of questioning? I got some questions for Mister Way. Yeah, I saunter up to the man. He looks up at you and he puffs out his chest. He says, "What do you want from me, big boy?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. Are you looking for a job? Uh, not currently, no. <laughs> because I'm a blacksmith, and I could use a big boy like yourself in the shop. I was about to ask, are you a, you a blacksmith? Yeah, I make all sorts of things. Weapons, tools, doors, door locks, parts for boats. So, uh, you don't seem too into this whole, uh, this whole festival here, sir. Nope, I don't like it. It's a bunch of hullabaloo. It's a bunch of lies to make money off of the people. So you're not, uh, were you not involved in any of the festivities here today, sir? Nope. I was in my blacksmithing shop, smithing some stuff out my smithy. 
I see. I see. So uh, during all these festivities, were you was anybody coming into your shop, or is it just uh, kind of a slow day for you here today? Well, I typically use the festival day as a sort of catch-up day where I can finish up a bunch of the orders I've got on my list without getting any new orders in throughout the day, especially my horseshoe orders. You know, there's an awful lot of horse species out there, and they all need different kinds of shoes. Ostrich horses, rhino horses, horse flies like those flying horses. So, uh, nobody can, uh, nobody really saw you until just now. Is that is that a fair assessment, sir? I suppose that's a fair assessment. I was just working away when all of a sudden the guards walked up to me and grabbed me and said, You're coming with us. And well, here I am. You seem to you seem to have some uh, some disdain towards the scale here, sir. Oh yeah, that scale is a big old phony. The which, which one's the real one? Neither of them is real. They're both fake. Do you and know? to this, Mayor you and Wu both go <gasps> the audacity. Yeah, I said it. You calling them both fake? So you know if there's a real one, or do you not believe in the shui shui at all? Mm. Well, I can't say one way or another if Shue Shue is real or not. Call me a bit of an agnostic, I suppose. But I know neither of those scales is real. I've been working with metal and other materials all my life. I'd know if it was real, no doubt about it. So, uh, you could stand to gain some, some peace, could it be said, if the scale were to disappear? Well, I don't know if I'd go quite that far. Well, there's no scale, there's no festival. If there's no festival, your agnosticism doesn't need to... Well, then I'll be quite justified in my beliefs for sure. <laughs> It'd be justified. So you could, you could stand to gain some stuff if the scale were to disappear. Well, well, well. Now ain't this a fine day, then? Why didn't you say that from the get-go? This is indeed a wonderful day for Wei. And again, Mayor Wu and you both go, <gasps> The audacity. Mm-hmm. I might come back to you, but for now... Why? Do you need some horseshoes? Not at the moment, but I might come <laughs> come to you later. Well, I'm just gonna sit down over here and appreciate the day, then. I kind of just wink at him and walk away. At his okay. forge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hiring for a big boy. Yeah, big right. boy. So I learned nothing, and Guo, you have a pie. <laughs> Less of a pie than before. Less of a pie than before. But. And with that, we'll end today's episode, leaving the mystery of who stole the scale to be revealed next time. We want to take a moment before I do the outro to mention a couple of things. Firstly, we'll be posting a poll to our social media accounts to see who you think is the one who stole the scale out of all the characters we've interviewed in the show so far. So be sure to check that out and let us know who you think did it. Secondly, I wanted to say a special thank you to Chris Dines, who left a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts. They said, awesome team storytelling. I am looking to run the game with a group, and I enjoy listening to your plays before running it. Only five episodes in, but this is a great cast. All great storytellers on their own, but with this type of RPG, it leaves a lot of room for team storytelling, and this group does an amazing job of making sure everyone participates in the story, and overall, it's an awesome cast and very enjoyable. Thank you so much, Chris Dines, for these incredibly kind words. It's messages like this that really encourage myself and the rest of the cast and keep us going on the show. 
So I'm going to uh, mention it during the outro, but if you have the opportunity and the ability to drop us a review, it really does a lot to help out the show and encourages the cast as well. We would absolutely and truly appreciate it if you would take a quick moment or two to do so. Thank you so much for everyone that listened, reviewed, and participated in the show so far. And then lastly, I want to say a massive thank you to our amazing cast of vocal talent who have lent their time and incredible voices and skills to our show for episodes three, four, and the upcoming fifth episode, which will be coming out Thursday, June 22nd. I highly recommend everyone checking them out. I've credited them in the description of the episode so you can find them and see who it is that they played and also it links back to their preferred profiles, wherever that might be. So thank you so much to each and every one of them. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Of course, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast through whatever podcast site that you're using, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the social media icons. Following us on social media gives you access to all news, announcements, and of course, new episodes as they are released. You can check out our website, bendersandbrews.com, which will feature all of our episodes as well as news, announcements, and even cool character and player profiles. It's a great hub of information for the Benders and Brews podcast. And finally, we would be truly humbled if you would be willing to take the time to leave us a review if your podcast site allows you to do so, such as on iTunes. Or in the case of YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and drop us a comment. Tell us about what you thought about our podcast episodes. It sure would mean a lot to us. Avatar Legends is a tabletop role-playing game created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Inc. All rights reserved. I also want to thank the following artists who you can find on Fiverr for their amazing creative work on this podcast. Character art was done by Alicio Papadraw. Background art by Kenichi. Music by Joe Tims 215 Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.